welcome to Fur What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. You know what is tough? Writing a witty introduction to every episode. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choice is. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? You know what isn't tough? Eating a donut. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> <laughs> So in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. What choice did we make? Ask the fool, Rue. Tugs is busy being fat. And welcome to For What It's Worth. This is season eight, episode 14. I don't know if that we came up with a clever title for it. In Seattle, I am Tugs Puppy Bear. Joining me in Salt Lake is my esteemed co-host, Ruchi C. Lexico, Queen of the Cookies. Hello, everyone. I am here, your majesty, waving my hands around and off with your heads. You know what's funny is I just voice acted a queen bee in someone's um, high school uh, animation video, high school, uh, wow, university video for their really? thesis. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Voice acting? <laughs> I'm not a voice actor. And so, like, I it was weird. I felt like I was doing a Bob's Burgers role where I was, like, playing a female character. <laughs> so I had to be, like, this, this like, queen bee and be, like, caring, but, like, very pompous at the same time. Okay, okay. I actually okay. had to, like, sit there for, like, ten minutes kind of, like, thinking about the character. Give Act us the hard. voice. Give I, us the you voice. You know what? I can't because... Because... Um, I, I need to do more lines. They, they're like, oh, you did such a good job. I'm like, really? Um, and I need to record more lines, but I actually need to go back and like listen to how I did the voice because I didn't take any notes or anything. I don't know if that's a thing voice actors do, but like I should have taken notes because I'm like, I don't really remember like what I was channeling for that character. It was very much in the moment. Well, I think that definitely if you have some audio clips of it, you can easily reenact... Um certain voices sometimes oh, oh i sometimes. do i do i just don't have them at hand at the moment otherwise i'd do it for you i think it was a cop out <laughs> i'm just joking i'm just joking so uh, tugs uh-huh what have you been up to um i have gosh it's been like a month and a half since we've actually managed to record because we've been doing special things uh what have i been up to i had all the answers until recently oh okay here's what i've been up to <clears throat> i have gone camping what I you know. going camping I, I i don't i can't see that i'm sorry <laughs> i went camping well see here's the thing right so i you i do like camping as a general thing like it's fun to go outside camping in utah is very different than camping here because here uh the weather's a little bit more stable you get less of the extremes like you do with utah being a desert uh, but also for a long time because i have a cpap machine i didn't have a portable source of power for it I finally did get that, but then by the time I got that, I didn't have any camping equipment, and then I moved. So, like between all of those things, because first of all, people are like, "Go get a go get a power source for your CPAP." Those things are like a thousand dollars, like they're not cheap, and it's really hard to want to go and spend a thousand dollars on essentially something that just sits there and does nothing except keep you alive at night. But you know what I mean? And, like, and you only you only use it like what one time? <clears throat> yeah. Well, the thing is, it just sits there. It doesn't do anything. So, like. 
like it's hard to like just look at a gray square and go oh power supply i ended up getting something a little different that's that's me power lots of things for a long period of time mm-hmm. uh, but anyways the short version of it is is now i have finally gotten the conditions correct to where i have bought a tent i mean here's the thing is like people call it glamping and first of all fuck you it's okay if i want to glamp i'm going outside and working within my limitations and uh why not have comfort like if i want to play music in my campsite i'm gonna do it but the point is i'm outside i'm sitting by the fire i'm getting away i'm sleeping outside it's great uh so i've been going camping i got like all my equipment i'm like an adult now i have like camping shit and you know stuff that like i borrowed from my parents um so that's been good um and then just being social um, have you and, ever thought when you when you go camping? Have you ever thought about possibly looking into um, just getting a like a motorhome or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's cheaper to just buy a tent and like a cot. Like here's the thing: is like when I went camping as a kid, um, it was like you know with my parents or scouts or whatever, and like you just sleep on the fucking floor, and that is like the worst experience ever. What I learned in getting away from Utah is Utah camping or Boy Scout camping, which seemed to be the same. Is very different than how lots of people can't. Most people will take like a cot. Some people take air mattresses. Like it's actually comfortable to go camping if you're not sitting there roughing it because some guy told you to. Um, so like I have a cot and a, a nice sleeping bag and I have a travel pillow and that's what I want. And then I have a nice tent and it's comfortable. It, it's not like I wake up in the morning. And my back's like, you're an awful person. Why did you sleep on the ground? Wasn't that like the worst things? Like, did you, did you ever do a Klondike? like oh yeah those that was awful you're like freezing and shit no 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 and like you go you go and pee out in the woods and it's almost like you're a smoker when you (laughs) you go out and pee (laughs) yeah there's like steam coming off your piss yeah i know what you're talking about and like totally yeah yeah this wasn't like that and the other thing too is is like in utah people have like these campgrounds that have like showers and concrete camping none of that shit works like you just go into public land here and camp like there's there's a there's an unofficial network of sites uh, but like that, that's the whole point is like, you just go camp by a stream on public land and it's fun. So what so you can camp on public land. Yeah. It's public land. Unless they say, do not camp here because you know, there's like z- zombies or whatever. Yeah. So you don't have to like pay like anything to go camp. I pay taxes. Oh, I know that, um, Utah, it's like, Oh, you want to go camp over there? you get a pay <laughs> yeah yeah they do uh, the other thing and this is just a quick aside is i've already got mario maker 2 downloaded and i'm just waiting for it to unlock me too did you go for the yes um the vouchers yes i like that and here's the thing so with the cost of video games about to go up eShop's going to be the way to go Definitely, definitely. I mean, I do, I do want to say to you, uh, Tugs. I wish that Nintendo would adopt more of what like Xbox One is doing or like PlayStation is doing, where they do offer their games on sale. But what they'll do is, people that are members, they'll give additional discounts to those particular members. So they'll that's, like that's double. That's what the vouchers their, are. Well, I I understand that that's what the vouchers are. However, I. I wish that Nintendo would adopt that instead of doing the vouchers because the thing is, is the vouchers themselves are just for particular games that they have chosen that are usable by the vouchers themselves. If a $60 game comes out and it's not underneath the approved voucher list, then that voucher is no use to me if I've pre-purchased that. 
That's true. On the flip side, though, Sony and Microsoft still have to choose what games to discount as well, so they could just choose not to discount those games. That is very true. But a uh, developer, I believe a developer also has the choice to, to be able to discount their games themselves. Yeah. But I, think it's I guess they still mode. have that on Nintendo, too. But It's just different. All right, we've been running long. Quickly, <clears throat> what have you been up to? Quickly? Oh, man, I have so many things. Well, I can't we've already eight minutes in. We only give ourselves like ten, so you've got four minutes. Go, 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 go. Let's see, I've been to BLFC. BLFC was really fun. I had lots and lots of things happen. I lost a hundred dollars. My husky ended up winning three hundred dollars. I um, round one has a brand new arcade machine, which is absolutely the bomb. It has marbles that fall out instead of coins, and oh my gosh, I played played it so much, and I, I got a whole bunch of tickets, and it was so amazing. Um, and I have been going through the Kingdom Hearts series. That's what I've been playing. And I've gone through one all the way down to two. I'm currently working on two right now. And yes, I did not skip the chain of memories or any of the ones between. So I really have been playing. Um, I've been trying to play through the whole entire series because I never have before. What was hmm. that? What was what? What was what? What? What do you? What? What? There was a there was a like a sound effect that you made. I did, I don't even have a sound effect board up, but that's cool. Oh, okay, well then that was time. There you go. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share with the class? Um. Well, I really have the hots for the teacher, and I really really enjoy how they. I'm pushing um, this button. You just do yeah. the thing. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. Alright, so today we have You Will Be Hungry Again in One Hour. In bed with a cookie. Fuck. Yeah, you will be hungry again in one hour. Time for In bed with a cookie. Alright, let's let everybody go pee. So we are back here at the lovely, lovely pup panel that we have going on. We also have a mosh that's going on in the background. You probably hear some howls going on once in a while. And I have the lovely organizer of this particular event. And um, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, what is your persona or pup sona and who are you? Uh, so my name is Tanuski or Steve. My um, First sona is a tanuki, which is where tanuski comes from. Actually, was given to me as a gift. That name was given to me as a gift uh, from a friend who had no idea that it sounded like Lebowski, which is kind of like more in some ways who I am. So that's the first sona. As a puppy, I'm very much a handler. So I don't really fall into a general puppy cast, although when I was more puppy, I was a husky. Huskies are warm and dedicated and a little grumpy, which is kind of like me. <laughs> How did you find yourself in this community? So I was first introduced to Puppy about 15-ish years ago, almost 20 years ago now, in London, uh, where I saw puppies in latex. And it was, so I got introduced to it from the kink side of the community. That's how I got introduced, at least, to the puppy stuff. Furry I've been into for 20-plus years. So furry, furry just kind of happened, I'm not even sure anymore, almost organically. Right? It was started, I was like, oh, well, you know, those ears are cool, and then it turned into ears and a tail, and then it turned into ears and a tail and mitts, and then it turned into, you know, like it does. <laughs> right? But yeah, Puppy came from the kink side. 
So, just because, I mean, you jumped in and talked about how you got involved in the furry community. I wanted, one of our questions, I'm going to skip down just a little bit farther. Um, I want to know what the overlap is between furry and puppy. So, as, as a group, of, as Baypaw as a group, we focus on that, exactly that question and that overlap. So, Baypaw is very focused on the idea that puppies and furries are both people who are willing to sort of take some risks and hack at their, at their personality and how they're perceived. And, and be who you are. The freedom to express yourself, the freedom to take their little risk, right? The freedom to be not who your skin you're born into is something that puppy and furry clearly share. That's the exterior part of puppy and furry. There's an internal part of puppy and furry that we also share, we think. So that when you're like a puppy, puppies talk about puppy headspace, which is feeling in the moment, not being worried about things like taxes or your job or everything else, just being a puppy, having fun, worrying where your next scritches are coming from. And in furry, when you're like when you're in your suit and you're dancing and stuff, you're not worried about your taxes or your job or anything else. You're just you're being that character. You're being that persona. And so there's an internal overlap as well. And we're really interested and we like that wonderful overlap. Now there's lots of parts that are different, of course, as well, where puppy and furry don't coincide. And that was going to be my next question. How does it differ? So puppy, because of its origins, oftentimes is very related to leather and kink. Puppy tends to be very male. Um, you know, the fandom is largely male as well, but it's not as overwhelmingly male as puppy. Right? Pu- the fandom is kinky, but not as overwhelmingly kinky as the puppy community. Um, the puppy community tends to skew a little bit older. There are a lot of what we would call gray muzzles in the furry community in the puppy community. There's a lot more. It's a higher percentage of that. Um, puppy community also tends to be, at this point, more um, the right word is sort of it's it's uh, I'm gonna stop for a second. The puppy community has become much more um, much more uh, open to ranges of whatever, right? So the goal here now is like be who you want to be. Puppy is very we're seeing lots and lots of non-binary puppies, non-cis puppies, cis puppies, whatever you want to be, whatever your sexuality is. And the furry side, we're seeing the same thing going on. But it's expressing itself in wildly different sorts of ways. Right? On the furry side, you're seeing this explosion of new cultures and new ideas in furrydom. And on the puppy side, it's merging in on itself. And they're, they're focusing in on one specific thing, which is the puppiness. And so it's a very different kind of expression. So we like watching that difference. So, so you mentioned that you were a handler. Can you tell me what the responsibilities of a handler is? So like, like, being, a, like being an escort with a fursuiter, you're being a, since this is a furry-related podcast, um, it's very similar. So your job is to make sure as, the, as, the, as, the, as a handler to that puppies are safe, that puppies are secure, that puppies are not in danger or at risk. Because when you're in a puppy head space, like when you're in a fursuit, you're kind of detached from the world around you and the, risks and, the, and the risks of the world around you. And so that's what a handler does. At least that's in the context of a mosh. Handlers in larger contexts, like in life, Oftentimes, it turns into other sorts of relationships where it's more like a mentor kind of relationship. And then oftentimes, still that, that protector, that person who provides a sounding board, right? A little bit of buffer. So you use the term mosh. Can you explain to our listeners what a mosh is? So a puppy mosh is when a whole bunch of people who want to play like puppies can get a chance to play like puppies. A mosh can be as few as just a handful, or in the case of today, we have about 120, maybe 150. People are on all fours, acting like puppies, roughhousing like puppies, playing with toys like puppies, chasing tails like puppies, having all that kind of fun. And that's a mosh. And there are public moshes and private moshes. 
In this case, it's a very public mosh, so specific public behaviors in public moshes. PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Man, all my questions. Do you have a question, Mr. Mr. Voss? Let's see. Oh, I was going to ask you, what overlaps and differences is there to pony play? Ah, so I'm not super familiar with pony play. So I can't really speak as an expert. From the outside, just looking at it from the outside, because my experience with pony play is as an observer, there's a lot of latex in pony play. There's a lot of leather in pony play, and that seems very similar to puppy. Um, but beyond that, I don't really know. So, again, this, is a, this, this podcast is for individuals that are brand new into the furry fandom, or they're exploring different avenues in the furry fandom itself, or different, different communities. Um, how does somebody get involved in this community? So to get involved in the puppy community is really simple. If you're a puppy, you're involved in the community. Now, to reach out and find other puppies is the next step, right? To reach out and find other puppies, for the, the common term to search for, you know, we all use the internet to find everything anymore. The common term to search for is PAH, Pups and Handlers. So you can look for that search term with your Google or your DuckDuckGoes or whatever you use. And you'll find a lot of local ones. Many of the large cities in the U.S. now have puppy groups. So, for instance, San Diego has Sandpaw. In the Bay Area, we have SF Canine Unit. In Seattle, they have Seapaw. And York has its own puppy organization that I don't remember the name of right now. Um, but there's a lot of them. They're all over the country. And there are pup groups in, in Europe, pup groups in London, pup groups in Tokyo. And so that term PAH tends to be sort of common amongst them. And once you find one, you can find others. The other place, of course, to find information about puppies is to join the Baypaw Telegram group. And if you join Baypaw Telegram, which is t.me slash, I think, Baypaw, I can look it up. Uh, but if you join the Baypaw Telegram group, you can find out and reach out to other puppies. It's a community of about 200-ish, 300 puppies. So this is your time to, to pimp anything that you want to pimp, any, any sort of like um, events that you have going on, um, different things like that. So uh, Baypaw is part of an organization called Hack Your Lives. Hack Your Lives is a 501c3 that was established this, last year to give people space to experience who they are. And Hack Your Lives means furry. Hack Your Lives means puppy. Hack Your Lives means non-traditional, non-cis. Whatever that is, however you want to hack your life, take it, own it, make it yours. And we really believe in this. And puppy is just an expression of that. It's one of the many expressions of that basic idea. Hack Your Lives sponsors events all over the place. Um, in particular, our next big event is DEFCON. That's DEFCON 27, I think. Yeah, it's 27. DEFCON 27, which is in Las Vegas in the middle of August. If you go to DC Furs or DEFCON Furs, you'll check it out. We do furry and puppy things at DEFCON. It's a great community. It's a lot of fun. We have the entire Alexis Park Hotel this year, along with the QueerCon group. So it'll be a very LGBT-friendly group. Um, it's 400 rooms of puppies and furries and LGBTQ folks. So that's our next event. That's in August. Following that, our next, our next big event is definitely FC. Uh, we're a West Coast-based team. We're mostly based in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And so we tend to focus on FC, which is a large con, and then BLFC, which is the other large con. In addition to that, we also have monthly game nights um, and picnics and puppy moshes and puppy walks. So if you go to baypod.org, I think it's baypod.org, it might be baypod.com, you can look it up. Um, you'll find more information about our events. Okay. Any, any questions? Oh, go ahead. Just as a couple of things that weren't quite gone that I just want to make sure everyone knows because the, the, everyone is new to this and where this is an introductory podcast. 
and for the introduction to uh, pup play, what is required? Is there anything required that you need? Because everyone, everyone's seen the ho hoods and everything going around. What is needed for this for someone who's new? So we tell people, if you want to be a puppy, be a puppy. You don't need anything. If you want to mosh, there's some safety gear you might be interested in to protect your hands and your knees. But other than that, you need nothing else. Puppies about a state of mind. Puppies about being free. Puppies about taking control and being who you want to be. And also, that control gives you the opportunity to let go of all those other things that tell you what you're supposed to be. You get to ignore. So it's be who you want to be. That's the only thing we like. Any other final questions? I mean, well, sorry. Any questions that you wish that I would have asked you or any final thoughts that you would like to share? So how do you learn more, right? Learn, learn more is a great question. Um, to learn more about puppy, honestly, the internet's a great tool. Um, don't be put off by the, some of the more leather, more kinky. That's only one aspect of puppy, just like it's only one aspect of, fur, of the furry fandom. Right? There's a whole bunch of other things to find. And if you just keep searching and keep looking around, it kind of starts like puppy. Oftentimes, people's interest in puppy oftentimes starts like people, people's interest in furry. It begins like looking at pictures on FA, and then it turns into a lifestyle. And don't be surprised if it happens to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you giving us a little bit of time. I know I pulled you out of your panel, out of the mosh, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Welcome back. This is Ruchisi Lexico here to talk about Pup Play. It will be a very emotional journey. This episode of For What It's Worth is brought to you by Roos Fisting Starter Kit. That's right, everyone. If you want to be fisted by a boy with small hands, call Roo. <laughs> hey, Trump will be there right, right with me. It's the, it's the best fa sexual fantasy that anybody would ever want is Mr. Little Trump. Just... <laughs> All right, should we introduce our lovely guest? I don't know. We have, we have this lovely guest that came in on short stubby legs. It is Sammy the Corgi. Hi. Hi. Are you new here? No. My yes. my listeners do know about Hi, I'm New Here. Oh, so. okay. Good. <laughs> um, I don't know if you should always introduce our guests with, like, stubby legs. Like, that's that's like a backhanded compliment. But she's a... He's a... Sorry. <clears throat> he's a corky. I guess. I, I'll allow it. So, corgi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um... I'm Sammy Southpaw. Um, as you've said, my first one is a Welsh Corgi. Um, I also make uh, gear and harnesses and other items um, under the name Collared Corgi. Um, and I guess I'm here to talk about pup play with you. Yay! So you are a pup yourself, is that correct? Yes. Awesome. So, um... You've been on the show before. Do you remember what episode that was? No. 
Do you know what topic it was? <laughs> no. What? I know. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I don't even remember. <sighs> Do you know, Rue? Well, I think... What? Do you know? Ah, uh, no. You can't... So first of all, episodes. mister, you can't invite someone on the show and then be like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's not okay. <laughs> This is why I have you here to it's checks and balances. No, you help me stay honest, Tugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy was on our gratitude episode. Yes. Uh, yes. But lest anybody think that Tugs just is this walking encyclopedia, I had I was searching for it and stalling. So there you go. <laughs> So Tugs didn't know either. <laughs> I did, we've done a hundred and forty something episodes. No, I don't remember every episode. That's fair. Oh, uh, I mean, I do, but I don't remember specific stuff like that. Sometimes I don't go. Um. Yes, the last time I did the show where I had a zit on the back of my nose, it was the third of March in twenty. 20- no one does that. Tugs, what would you say was your most was a most memorable episode? Just, just for kicks and giggles. There, see, it's I have topic. more than one, so we'll save that for our special. Because what I want to know is, Sammy, what got you into putt play? Um. So that's kind of a weird one. I actually had been interested into pet play, puppy play. Um, geez, since I was about. 17 only a year yeah right (laughs) um we bring them young yes start them young um but i never really did much in regards to it um till after i became a furry which is i don't know maybe a little a little bit of a sideways step it's like oh i'll go the furry route first and then the pup play just kind of we weeded itself in there as time went on. Do do you do you think in your scenario that because um, I know you have an interesting relationship with gender, did that kind of inhibit you from expressing your pup playness, your pupness? Yeah, because um, my pup self and my furry self for a long time didn't really match up with my physical you had some dysphoria yeah gotcha. yeah so um it was definitely kind of push that aside kind of thing and i i know we're on, i know we're on the sidetrack right now the reason i bring that up is because i have gotten a couple chats from people that are you know transitioning or ex- expressing their gender in a way that is not traditional and they're like i don't know if i'm welcome in that community and yeah. so I figured I would just get that settled right up front, right? Which is you sh- you are, right? It doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody's welcome. It's it's an open door. Um I know there's a lot of people who will play on the well, it's uh, only a gay male space and it's not. Um it may have started that way many many years ago, but it's definitely evolved from that and everybody's welcome. All pups, all all representations is you know everybody can come and and be a part of it so let's break it down one-on-one what is a pup and what is a handler so they kind of define themselves i mean a pup is a pup 
Um, they're typically the one that's got the more of the dog persona. They'll maybe be the one that's down on all fours, um, being the animal. So and then if, the handler. Mm-hmm. If you have to define that in a sentence, what is a pup? What what is a pup? It's it's a pup. It's it's someone who pretends to be a dog or puppy. There you go. And then the handler is typically they're kind of on the on what you would consider like an owner of a of a bio dog. Um, they're the one that takes care of the dog, takes care of the pup, watches out for them, guides them, leads them, all the, all of that. So. You so you've been into it for about a year now. You said right, a little more than a year. <laughs> and um, <laughs> act, well, let's see. I've been into it probably. I've been into it about twelve years. Um, so but I've only really yes. been actively a puppy for um, probably about five or six. So. Kind of uh, what what I want to do is I want you to set up kind of like the physical I don't know if there's like a routine or like the thing you do physically describe that for us and then when you're done with that if you could talk to us about how that changes you emotionally. So you mean like to go into pup? Yeah. So you're sitting on the couch mm-hmm. and you go, man, I could eat a Polish dog from Costco, or <laughs> I could or I could be a pup, and then you decide to be a pup. What is that? Yeah. What is that process like? Um, for me, and this varies from everybody, but, uh, for me, a lot of it is, um, my hood. Um, it's the covering my face. It's the, the being able to look at myself and be something different. Um, now describe your hood. What's your hood? So my, my hood is, um gonna drop brands here but my hood is a custom hood from uh, mr s leather um i actually had them design it uh, make it in a way that it actually looks like my fursona um so you could look at it and look at my fursona and see that it's the same um the basically the same um character at that point so um, a lot of people will differentiate between their pup and their fursona. Um, they'll have one, you know, the pup's different than the fursona. For me, it's the same. Um, I, I consider it the same, t- of two sides of the same coin for me. Um, so, but, so the hood gives me that, that physical representation and kind of helps me block out everything else going on around me um and it helps me just kind of focus more on on just that moment of being a pup so we're using the term pup um a lot here um is this species specific no um i mean there is an overall term which is pet play um which um pet play can be anything you can be a dog or a puppy you can be a cat there's um horses or pony play um you know if you want to be you know a dragon laying on your horde that's that all kind of falls under that same umbrella 
Um, the pup play just more focuses on, I guess, more of like the canine aspect of it. So you're a fursuiter, and you're also a pup. So you definitely know what headspace is. Yes. Um, but what, for you, is the difference when you put on your fursuit versus when you put on your pup mask? Is it the same? Is it different? Um, it's similar. Um, for me, now this isn't the same for everybody, but for me, pup play can be a more sexual space. Um, so sometimes a lot of the times when I'm putting on the hood, it can become more of a sexual thing. Whereas when I'm in the fursuit, that's not why I'm always wearing the fursuit. So, um, but at the same time, they are the same character so they kind of have the same characteristics um it's just as a pup i'm non-vocal more non-vocal make more animal noises whereas as a fursuiter i am vocal so it kind of changes on that level of well i'm more human as a fursuiter and i'm more animal as a pup so how do you get into headspace do you um I mean, do you just put on the mask and it magically happens, or... It's like a Cinderella transformation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, for some people it is. For me, I wish it was that easy. Um, I have actually struggled with Headspace for a long time. Um, Some people, they can put on their gear or they have their trigger that that can put them into a Headspace that... You know, that's it. They're there, and that's that's all they need. Um, for me, it's... I have to... I'll put on the gear, but then I also need to physically, you know, get down on all fours or, or start making, you know, bark and whine and make those kinds of noises. And I, that'll help me fall into a headspace. But for me, it can actually take um, a while to actually get to that point. But that does vary from person to person. So I'm going to now channel channel all the people who are listening. I'm channeling you now, and these are the insecure folks, right? Let's let's be very clear, and I and I think it's important we do this because people feel self conscious, right? I think, and, and I think it depends partially upon your surrounding environment and culture. Meaning, I think this is harder to do in Utah than it is Washington, um, but. This literally means you act like a dog and you and and the reason I'm asking that question is because to a lot of people they'd go I I think that's amazing but I would feel really silly. Mhm. And it can. I mean it can feel silly. Um especially if like you're the only one in the area. Um for me finding that really good headspace was actually going to the local um pup and kink events um the first time i went to one i was terrified and i'm like this is gonna be i'm gonna make an idiot of myself i'm like i don't know why i came and a couple hours in none of that mattered i was just having so much fun it it just didn't matter at all so would you say it's like playing a big game of really visceral pretend in a way yeah yeah it is it's it's letting yourself separate yourself from the crap of the world and any other stress you're dealing with or you know if anything's bad's going on you can put yourself in this space and be like okay for for the next couple hours 
I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to enjoy the moment. Um, dogs in real life, they live in the moment. That's It's from moment to moment to moment. They don't worry about the the things that are going to happen tomorrow. It's It can just get you away from it for a little bit. So let's see. So I want to know what type of equipment that you use because... I mean, I know that furries have their particular equipment like tails and I've seen some pup tails as well. Um, what are some of the overlaps um, between furry equipment and puppy equipment? What type of puppy equipment is available and what, what do they use for pup play? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, preface this with um, gear is not required to be a pup. Um, some people have the mindset of to be a pup or to be a kingster in general, you have to have this certain set of gear and all these requirements you have to fill. Um, your main thing that you need is is the imagination and the headspace to want to do it. Um, now, if you want gear, um, there's lots of stuff you can go and do. Um, the big one everybody likes to look at is is the hoods. Um, now there's lots of people that make hoods. Um, I've seen them in leather, neoprene, um, rubber, latex. Um, I've even seen people use, um, fursuit heads as their hood. Um, I mean, that all depends on, on the durability of your suit and how comfortable you feel with that, but it's, it's not a bad way to go. Um, there's harnesses. Um, if you're going to do a mosh and be on your, on your hands and knees, you got to define what a mosh is. So a mosh is, um, basically a big pup event. All the pups can come in and just play. Um, you can get down on all fours. You run around with, with other pups, play with, play with like squeaker toys and balls. And it's just a good (laughs) hangout space. Um, typically they are very non-sexual, um, event um they're just there to really socialize and to get to know your fellow pups and kingsters so um a lot of people when you're in that space you know knee pads are a big one um because we're not made to be on hands and knees all the time so it's really easy to to mess up your knees if you're not careful um knuckle and wrist support is a good one um personally i use um MMA gloves um, for that and then you can use like volleyball wrestling knee pads Um, from there you can really go with whatever gear you want Um, there's you can buy silicone tails there's insertable silicone tails Um, how would that be to have the insertable like silicone tails and then somebody like comes by and like just yanks it out they're gonna get their face eaten no don't ever do that don't ever pull a tail especially on a pup because you don't know where it may be located um i mean it's kind of the same common courtesy as you would give a fursuiter you don't start pulling on their suit just because you want to um and if you do that's you know you really really you really need to rethink what you're doing um 
But, I mean, there's people who will wear um, full latex rubber suits. Um, people who are more minimalist where maybe they'll just have um, like a jock strap and a harness and a collar and their hood and that's it. So it can really be as elaborate as you want it to be or as simple as you want it to be. So we're here again at the Pup Mosh, is that correct? Yes. So um, what is your persona or pup sona and who are you? Uh, hello, my name is Nightcat. I'm with the Seattle Pups and Handlers. I identify as a panther um, and I hang out with the puppies because they're a lot of fun. Are you a pup or a handler itself? I'm definitely a handler. Awesome. So we'll, we'll change the questions a little bit to, to feet. Ah, wow, I'm doing terrible. That's because you're watching me. <laughs> I'm just joking. So, um, <clears throat> so what roles does um, furry and pup play fulfill for you? So uh, the furry and pup play community um, allows me to actually be the person I want to be. Um, it has been something that I found. I found furry way before I found puppy play. Um, puppy play just added a little bit of a kink aspect to uh, everything that I was already doing with the furry community. Um, I love that there's a space for people to express themselves, um, get down on the mats, and really degrade down into a space where they can just be themselves and not have to think about work, not have to think about the chores, life things that are going on. You just get to break down for a moment and just be. And that's what I love about this space. And I think some fursuiters kind of get a little bit of that, but this is more of a deeper space of that. So you said the term headspace. Um, can you explain to our listeners a little bit uh, what is headspace? Uh, there's a lot of different aspects of headspace. Um, so for headspace, for a lot of people, is being able to break away from your daily life and get into a space where you get to zone out for a bit. And there's different levels to that. There's a top level where you're still kind of interacting with people, whether you get to be something else that you want to be. And then there's a deeper aspect that can go into play, uh, bondage, where you actually lose yourself for a moment. You, you're not thinking about anything. You're not seeing people who are around you. You're in your own space. And that space could be with the people you're interacting with in that little, um, or it could be uh, the scene that's happening around you as well. It, it's, it's really sheltering out everything that's around you and allowing yourself to just zone for a second and be in this one moment. So as a handler, how do you get help pups get into head, a headspace? So I'm more of a community handler. Um, I like to create safe spaces and events that allow them to have that. So the event that's happening here that Baypaw is putting on, fantastic for it. It is a space that gives them, hey, everything's safe here. It doesn't matter how you identify. It doesn't matter what your body type is. You get to moment just be what it is. And so that's what I enjoy doing. That's how I handle the community. I also like to play the dad. I like to take care of them, make sure people are being watered, having a good time, answer questions, and help people go from uh, the walls at, to down actually onto the mats. So what is a mosh? So a mosh is a space. Um, usually there are mats that are, are cushioned to protect your knees, but it allows you to get down on your hands and knees, bark, wag, uh, play fetch, a little bit of tug of war, but it, it is a space to really just just let go 
and, and, and there's a lot of safety aspects that go into it that they talk about uh, leading into it, but it's, it's that, that comfort zone that allows you to be able to do the things you do. So what is the difference, differences and similarities between the pup community and the furry community? So um, the puppy community definitely came out of leather, um, but there are a lot of crossovers. There's that headspace, there's that moment of uh, taking who you are that your parents have said, this is your name, this is what you do in life, and really creating the person you want to be. Whether it's a puppy, furry, there's a lot of crossover because of that um, that are super similar. And then you also get the, um, the pup hoods or masks that you get to put on, which allows you to um, not have to identify of who people see you are, but more who you want them to see who you are. Uh, so there's a lot of crossovers with that, and I'm really happy that the furries have started to embrace it and understand that, like, hey, there's this whole thing that we all get together and we understand each other because we're kind of going for the same thing. Our roads are just slightly different in how we're getting there. What are some of the misconceptions? Uh, misconceptions about um, puppy play. One, it's not a gay thing. Um, a lot of people see it. There's a lot of males um, that if I'm a female, I can't be part of this. Um, if I'm not skinny, I can't be a part of this. Puppy play is for everyone. Just, just get into it and enjoy it. Uh, the other thing is it doesn't have to be about kink either. Um, there are a lot of people who do not do any aspects of bondage whatsoever with it. It's more about just having the fun, playing, and enjoying it. So this podcast is for beginners, 100%. This is a one-on-one podcast and, and exploration. So we have people that have listened for, to us for years. Some of it, sometimes some people are, you know, it's their first time listening to us. So tell us, how, how do you somebody get, how, how does somebody get into um, this particular community? What, are, what is the way or steps that they can take to find this community? Uh, so... One of the big things that also people kind of feel like they have to do is you have to have a handler. You can go into this community just by yourself being a puppy. Um, get down. Just just have some fun by yourself. Um, it's, it's perfectly okay to get into a headspace by yourself. Um, do a little bit of research. Um, Facebook's really good. A lot of the puppies are on there. So if you do type in PAH, P-A-H, which stands for Pups and Handlers, in your community, typically there's a lot of them. They're bumping up in more and more places, and they're all over. Um, if you don't have any in your small area, if you're like rural, wherever, that's okay. It's fine. Find someone that's nearby. Reach out to them. Contact, connect, and learn. Um, there's a lot of safety that goes into it. You want to make sure you have knee pads. Um, you want to have gloves. Um, but you don't have to have more gear than that to actually get into a headspace and be a puppy. A lot of people feel that, oh, I have to have a mask. You don't. Um, so just, just take it easy. Uh, there's a lot of resources on the Internet. Go ahead and reach out to them and um, find another pup and just talk to them. Everyone's super friendly. So where do you go to find certain pieces of gear? Um, actually, a lot of people go into sports stores. Um, there's a lot of uh, knee pads and masks and uh, gloves that you use in um, um, wrestling that are perfect for it. They're a little bit more higher end things. You can go to like Mr. S and to places like that that have like specific gear towards it. But honestly, you don't have to spend a whole paycheck on it. Just just get a little bit of basic gear. You want to protect your knees. You want to protect your knuckles. But that's about it. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you can think of that you want to talk about about the the pup community? 
Um, just have fun. Like, don't be afraid of it. That's, that's the biggest key is uh, a lot of people, I see them on the sides, you know, they're, they're tip, putting their toes in, they're seeing it. Um, they're afraid to get down on the mats. Really just get down and just don't, don't get, don't overthink it. Just, just let yourself go, be in the moment and interact with the people who are around you. They'll help you. They'll show you, they'll guide you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your comments. I feel like that a lot of these things that we've been hearing today will be very helpful for people that are interested in getting into this community. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. All right. Well, welcome back. We just decided to go and get another lovely individual who decided to throw themselves at this podcast for, I don't know why, they're dangerous individuals, (laughs) like to live life on the edge. So we're just going to start right on off here. Uh, what is your fursona and pupsona, and who are you for the listeners? My fursona, I am Fujimaru Husky. My pupsona, I am Pup Rush. And the other question was? Was just, what is your pupsona or fursona, and just who you were? And oh, I think that was good. I, I am also Edward Decimus on Facebook. You should find me if you would like to know more about puppy things. All of the puppy, literally all of the puppy things. Wonderful. I'm actually with the, with the next one is our, uh, what is a pup and a handler? We've got actually got a surprisingly large amount of handlers to talk to, <laughs> so it'll be good to find some pups. I... Oh, my hand, handlers are the ones that keep my uh, food dish full and count as my international bank. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, handlers are normally the ones that take care of puppies when we're on the floor and uh, participating in pup space. We're not really paying that much attention to the world around us. It's their job to make sure we're protected, make sure we have water, make sure our knees aren't getting scraped up. Puppies, we're puppies. We are the dogs. We are the ones who are having the fun and getting into the mischief and not eating all of the treats hidden in the treat box. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, super mischievous. I got it. Okay. So what does pup play mean to you? Pup play means to me, pup play is my escape. I have a very hectic, very super busy life. And pup play is just that, that stop, relax, have fun. And (laughs) don't think about all the things like paying bills and college tuitions. I think that was going right into our next one, which was, what does puppy play fulfill for you? And I think that was a pretty good one. Is it, it seems to be all around a really good escape. You can just shut your mind off and just be a pup, right? Oh, absolutely. Just being able to be in that headspace where it's just fun, fun, door, door, leaf, leaf. Ooh, he has something in that bowl and I want to eat it. So I wonder if he'll give it to me. Maybe if I sniff at it long enough and stare at him with those cute puppy eyes, he'll give it to me. Just that feeling... In continuation, that's what it is for me. It's incredible. Well, you've just mentioned it, and we're going to continue on to it, but just for people who are listening and not know, what is Headspace? Headspace is being in that moment, just being able to let go of everything else and focus on just being a dog and doing dog, fun dog things. Now we hear, keep hearing dogs and puppy play. Is this species specific? Oh, absolutely not. We have, let's see, puppies, kitties, dragons. Uh, there was a stegosaurus running around earlier, and he just disappeared off to do God knows what. Um, I know we have a Loch Ness monster that's in Ohio. Really fun guy. So, yes, not breed specific at all. We have lots of critters. 
Well, that sounds like a very fun room to be in. So what kind of equipment do you use? Because, you know, you see a lot of hoods and paws. What, do you use anything? What would you recommend? I use a hood. I have a show tail. I have a plug tail. Uh, knee pads and, hand paw, and uh, gloves for hands. What do you really need? I recommend you getting knee pads and gloves to protect your hands because you're going to be doing a lot of floor work. Hoods and tails are really optional. Are you, well, uh, since we're here at a fur con and there's a pup play, so what are some of the overlaps between furry and pup? There's a list. <laughs> there are lots of overlaps. Really, what I like to say to condense that answer is that we're the two sides of the same coin. Furries are, a are animals trying to be more people-like. Puppies are people trying to be more animal-like. So there's, there's tons, tons and tons of overlap. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so, uh, what are some, do you think there's some common misconceptions about pup play? Because I'm sure there's none. Oh, what are you talking about? We're perfect angels. No, um, a lot of misconceptions, uh, one big mix, misconception, of course, is it's all about sex. While there is a section of puppy play that most certainly is about it, it's not everything that we do. Not uh, A lot of puppies aren't sexual. It's just a release for them. Some puppies just want to be dogs and lay there and be petted and fed treats like me. <laughs> so that that is a big thing. Also that it's all about BDSM and beating, beating on the puppy, which is also just not true. That would be very cruel and I would cry. Okay, so here's another one that comes up that we've had other interviews with and I'm honestly, I keep getting surprised that there is such a difference that no one really knows, but is there an overlap between pup play and pony play? There are. There are a few overlapping things. Uh, a lot of ponies do have handlers. They have people that um, uh, teach them how to trot, how to put some show ponies uh, get trained in how to be show ponies. Lots of puppies, they get trained how to be show dogs. Um, po uh, I know ponies have certain contests where they win little pony prizes. Puppies, we do have contests as well. We just have more established contests. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds very, very good. Having a little fight with the ponies. So how does pup play fit into the fandom? How does it differ? I feel that puppy play fits into the fandom, in, again, in the respect of we have people giving animals more quality, if you will. Um, what was the other part of the question? Uh, was How does it differ? Oh, how does it differ? Oh, lots and lots of different. Um, the one big difference that I find with puppy play, I don't have to pay like $1,600 for a giant carpet. <laughs> That's one big thing. Puppy play is very minimal. It's uh, more primal too. It's, it's not so much me being a dog walking around on two legs talking. It's more of being a dog. <laughs> Well, that's really good. So we've talked about it coming with other interviews, but we just came from a mosh. What is a mosh? That's when we all get together and play, and that is the best. Oh, my gosh. It's a big group of puffies being able to play together or lay down, get petted, get all the special attention that I want. 
So this is just for people who are new, who are maybe thinking about it, who haven't really interested. Maybe this podcast will turn their mind and they'll certainly get interested and want to look into it. But how does someone new get involved with the pup community? There are a ton of ways to get involved. Uh, you can look for your local title holder. They should be very present on Facebook. They should be better, uh, very present in the leather community to be able to direct you where you need to go to get involved. There is FetLife. That is another big place where people post events or munches where people can get together to talk about uh, different aspects of puppy play. There is Facebook. Facebook is used for everything. You should have Facebook. Um, there are definitely puppy groups on Facebook that will help you get involved. There's also Telegram. If you happen to have a Telegram, there are a hundred million puppy groups. And if you are anywhere in Southern California, you should contact me. I will get you involved. So I'm, I'm interjecting a question here. So um, you stated that um, something about title holders. So, um, and as far as I'm aware, you're a title holder yourself. How does one become a title holder? What is your responsibilities as a title holder? Former title holder, I, am, I was the LA Puppy for 2018. How you become a title holder, you, first you gotta go crazy. <laughs> you uh, sign up for your pu- local puppy contest. Uh, you start off with a meet and greet with all the judges. Let them know who you are, what your platform is, what you can do for the puppy community, what you really want to contribute. The next part is the interview, and that's the scary part. That's where they get to ask you questions about yourself. What do you plan on doing? How do you plan on doing it? When do you have those solid dates for us? Or they'll, every once in a while you get a, leather, a question about leather history. And then finally comes the best part, and that's the puppy contest, where you get to see all your puppy friends, family, all week, all come together to see the new title holders selected. That involves a funny question, a serious question. Sometimes you have to do a fantasy or you'll get to stand up and do a speech on something that you're really passionate about. It's a great time. So how, uh, what is the responsibilities of a title holder? Oh Lord. <laughs> so as title holder, I am responsible for taking care of my community, making sure that people feel included, making sure that puppies have something to do, making sure that we have events, making sure that I am going to other places and representing my area, showing what kind of puppies that we bring up in the community. Also making sure that you have a charity and you're supporting it, making sure our community thrives, grows bigger, that there are classes being taught and new people get pulled in because we love each other. Awesome. That is a lot to load on. (laughs) So uh, we're going to come here to final thoughts. Uh, Is there anything you want to pimp? I would love to pimp my contest. I'm with the LA Pup Contest. We happen in November. We have puppies from all over the globe coming to see our title holder uh, get raised up by the community, which is absolutely incredible. If you have nothing to do in November and you just so happen to be in SoCal, you should definitely check us out. And again, if you want to know anything about puppy play, please find Edward Decimus on Facebook, find Kwaru Naughty Fox on Telegram, find Fujimaru Husky on Twitter. I will be more than happy to get you involved, uh, help you find your title holder, help you find your community, and we can start playing together. (laughs) That's just wonderful. Uh, So is there anything that, uh, any question you have, anything that you wish we had asked? (laughs) What's the best thing about having treats? (laughs) And the answer is that they're all for me.
See, having the title holder really pays off. It's all the treats for you. So I just want to thank you again for taking the time out of the mosh right now to come out and have a little interview and talk with us. I'm more than happy to do it. This is David Campbell, Mr. Atlanta Eagle 2018, sending love from the leather community to the furry community, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed your break. Before we continue talking about the stuff that's giving you a boner, let's talk about Patreon. You guys ready for Patreon? Yes. (laughs) I really should put that on here, huh? All right. Well, this show would not be possible without the loving financial support of viewers like you. That's right. You didn't pay anything. But these other people did, so we're going to say their names. We start with Aussie Cat, Chapogriff. I said that wrong, I'm sure I did. Snares, Skylos, Ligris, Kachi, Guardian Lion, Dusky, Baldric, Rifka, and at the top of the pile, look at this kit. So, if you would like to not feel guilty next time we do this, Go to patreon.com slash fwiw and let us browbeat you into giving us 100 cents per month. That's right. A whole 100 cents is all we ask. And you too can support this weirdness that you're listening to right now. Patreon.com slash fwiw. Over to you, Ruth. <laughs> all right. Now let's just jump right back into topic. We have Sammy here. Hello, Sammy. Hi. Sammy's here to talk about pups. So let's go dive into the next question. What are some common misconceptions about pups? Um, well, one I stated on earlier was that it's a gay male only space, which it's not. It's an everyone space. If you identify as a pup or handler or you're curious about it, everybody's welcome. Um, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, the other thing is is um, that it's a sex-only space, which is not the case. Um, I think majority of pups do it as a non-sexual thing, um, more as a, a emotional release kind of thing. Um, it's like with furry, sex is a part of it, but it, that's not all there is to it. It just it's it's based in the kink community, so that's why everybody's like, well, kink is only about sex. And so pups must be only about sex, which isn't always the case. It varies from from pup to pup and person to person. So, um, and it's not a bestiality kind of thing. It's a headspace. It's a it's a mental thing. It's well, and I'm not trying to bring up drama here, but I know that some conventions, <clears throat> our local convention, um you know, has basically said no pup masks whatsoever because to them it's a it's a fetish 
type yeah. thing. Um, can you comment on that a little bit? And that's without going into too much drama. Yeah, that's um, again, it's because it's based around kink. It's based around something that most people see as a sex-only thing. Um, whereas to some people, to some pups, wearing their pup hood is the exact same as wearing their fursuit um, or other type costume item. Um, they have never used it in the bedroom in that way. You know, it's it. Some have, but you know, it's it's a matter of maintaining and, and keeping that clean. But as a well, you can't wear it because it's a sex item. I think is a bit too far. I mean, you can wear your fursuit and wear things over your fursuit that are could be considered too sexy. You know, why is that okay? Where you know a pup who's fully dressed, fully clothed, but has a hood on. I don't see that as a problem. I think the reason why that there's a lot of common misconceptions is because people just don't have the basic knowledge mm -hmm. of what what um, pet play is. Yeah, and so therefore, because it's something that they don't know, just kind of like like with baby first, people want to crucify baby first, but the whole fact of the matter is, if people actually sit down and understand what baby first are about, then maybe they wouldn't crucify them as so much. Yeah, yeah. Take a minute to learn someone else's side. Yeah. I think they should just allow them after 8 p.m. You think? Um, well, I have a lot of thoughts that I'm not going to share because otherwise this episode would turn into Tugs is sharing opinions, the show, which is not what everyone Well, wants. it is called for what but it's worth, not for what it is. I think that life sucks when you have to be a little bit uncomfortable fucking wear the pup hood. That's what I say. But let's compromise because Utah's weird. And say after 8 p.m., which is when all the kids need to get knocked out with Benadryl and put to sleep. <laughs> no, not really. But like, you know, when all the kids go to bed. You should never adopt At that tugs. point, it's like the watershed, yeah. right? Like it's, it's, it's now nightlife time. All the kids have no place here. Go home and watch SpongeBob or whatever. Yeah. I sound like an old person. And let the pup hoods go out. Like big deal, yeah. right? Well, and I know that uh, BLFC had somewhat of, at least in opening announcements, they actually said hey, can you guys please make sure that we keep things like the the sexual things kind of keep it away until a certain time, until later at night, and then you guys can can bring those particular things out. However, right, I don't think that's fair. However, um, throughout the whole entire convention, people were just wearing whatever. Yeah, but they were wearing their hoods, but they were in t-shirt and jeans yeah i mean instead of like and they weren't wearing their full gear yeah. it was in the in the evening you know after dinner then i'd see the 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 rubber furs hanging out in their suits and the ponies hanging out in their stuff so i think it actually works you know because you can say look if you keep it clean during the day awesome and then as tug said once the kids are in bed you know who cares so you talked a little bit about ponies. What is the overlap between those um, the two communities? I mean, the main overlap is they all fall under the umbrella of the pet play. Um, is there any differences? Other than one's a pony and one's uh, a pup, that's kind of the main difference. Um, they, I think the main difference is like eighteen inches. Yeah, right? yeah, and a pair of and a and a set of hooves. Um, yeah. <laughs> Haven't you looked at porn room? <laughs> no, I'm innocent. We're clean around here. 
Oh, I'm right. in Utah. You can't wear the gear there. I, 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 you're right. You're I'll right. You jail. can't wear gear in Utah. Nope, so, nope. but I mean, every every group has their own way of doing things. Like pony play. I don't know a lot about pony play. I haven't really delved into it that much. But I know that they, you know, they're ponies. Sometimes they'll pull carts. Sometimes they'll, you know, run the rings. That kind of thing. It all just kind of depends. So for some, it's it's the aesthetic of of the pony look, just as it is the aesthetic of the puppy look. So I think the last question, unless Tugs has some other questions that we have, but um, <laughs> what always what does how does somebody get involved in this particular community? How can they go about finding the pup communities? Um, the best way is to start on a local level. Um, most major cities have um, what's called a PAW group. Um, it's P-A-H, which means pups and handlers. So, like, you've got um, in Utah, it's U-PAW, Utah Pups and Handlers. Um, I believe in Seattle, it's C-PAW, um, S-E-A-P-A-A-H. So, a lot of the times, you'll find the groups on on um, Facebook. They, a lot of them now have Twitters. Um, another big place is FetLife. Um, so that's a lot of the times where you want to start is finding that local group. Um, a lot of them do regular meetups, um, where they'll go out and have meals or they'll hang out, do moshes, things like that. Um, there is a lot of puppies on Twitter, so that's always a good place. You can really look and just look for puppy, puppy play, um, and you'll find it. So it's a lot of it's just getting connected with those locals, um, and they'll kind of steer you where you need to go. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for for joining us today to to talk a little bit about pups. We're not excusing you yet. We have tons and tons and tons of emails that have been sent in to us for by listeners that have questions and also um, people that want to share their experience as well. We're going to be um, be reading those emails. Um, here very shortly um would you like to read that tugs you said this is wolf's email right okay he says i'm not quite sure on what you're looking for in terms of what i should send you but i've been a part of the fandom for about three and a half years um pup play for half of that as a pup my first experience with it was through the fandom at fc18 i used a balaclava as a puppet at that point though i own my own now the mosh at further confusion was huge and amazing, and far less sexualized than it is down here in SoCal, where much of the pup scene is closely attached to the leather bar scene. FC and BLFC both seem to have really great relationships with Bay Puppies and Handlers, a nonprofit organization in the Bay Area, in comparison to, say, Anthrocon, which, from what I've heard, discourages pups from coming to the con in their gear. The mosh was huge, a solid 100-plus people, and I think you can find photos on their website. I know for sure there are some pictures in the Telegram chat. Anyway, I hang out more often in the SoCal pup community, which are very separate from furries in this area. While there are many people who I know who are both, they don't interact at big events or meets as much as many Bannet as NSFW, and even ones that don't, it's always tension-filled. Many pups do show up at the furry party tail in Long Beach, but seem to keep to themselves, which is unfortunate. The SoCal pup scene is pretty big, though. While most are bar events, such as Bullet Bar and The Eagle, which I can't yet attend, there are a number of other events that go on through the year. The LA Ponies and Critters Clubs run several puppy-focused events, such as Puppy Palooza, hosted annually in a backyard in the Valley. There are several moshes hosted by Pride events, such as Valley Pride and Lap 
LA Pride, Lap Pride, I'm not sure, in West Hollywood. Several dungeons occasionally host events such as the recently shuttered Threshold and Sanctuary. A recent monster event will be hosted monthly starting this month in a secret location in Culver City and is run by Alex Trebek and the Jeopardy crew. The scene at the moment is pretty disorganized but is slowly getting better. There's a push to focus less on bar events and more on actual putt play with moshes. Putt play is also becoming more inclusive of women, which is nice as many leather spaces are traditionally gay male exclusive and pups are very heavily tied to leather. There's going to be a putt mosh at the upcoming Golden State Fur Con, which has passed by now, so I'm hoping this will bridge some gaps and show crossover. I personally have a girlfriend who's a mod in another large number of SoCal chats, and I myself am a mod, and we've been working to shift public opinion in favor of pups, designating it as purely a fetish, and showing that it has a multifaceted entity of its own. Email me here if you have questions, and I'm happy to share all sorts of stories. Wolf Hoodlum. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sending that email in. Uh, let's go... Since I have the right of first reply, I have to say this. I made up the Jeopardy part. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, go on. Oh, I was just going to say that um, I was just going to jump right into the next email since we have so many. Um, unless you okay. guys had any particular comments that you would like to add. Keep building the bridge. All right. We have an email from Patches the Cat. Go ahead, Sammy. Okay. So it says, hello for what it's worth and guest. I am Patches the Cat. I don't think I introduced my persona last time I wrote in for Dr. Nuka's, and after having clawed through a lot of the back catalog of episodes, it looks like it's customary for writers to give a short description. Patches is a striped feline with gray fur and blue eyes. I've been trying to fit him into a specific species of feline, but for now he's just a hybrid, mostly snow leopard. The starter of cat sonas, as I heard described, by a guest in past episodes. I am not a pup or handler. I am sure this episode will be very educational for me because I don't know a lot about the actual dynamics of pup play. Is it just for sex or playtime, or does it work itself into the relationships? Um, I guess this that's a question for your guest. Any, anywho, I have a pup story. Until very recently, I lived in the remote part of the Great Lakes region. I was there for college, but I met a few furs there. The local group are current and former residents that keep in touch on Telegram. If enough of the group goes to a con, we all go out to dinner together, often bringing along guests and con roomies. Uh, this last MFF, 2018, someone's guest made things a bit uncomfortable for me at the restaurant. One of the group's fur that I wasn't very familiar with, who I will refer to as Orange, is apparently big into pup play and met up with his pup, who I will refer to as Purple, at this con. When the fur group rallied up in the lobby of the hotel, Orange came down with Purple, swooning under his arm. Purple was wearing a purple pup mask. I was happy for them. It looked like they were really enjoying themselves. While waiting, we chatted a bit, and it turns out that Purple wasn't a furry. He's just really into putt play and came to MFF to play. Purple talked about maybe making a fursona and was very excited about fursuits, but was sticker-shocked when the group told him how much they normally went for. 
I found it was odd for someone with no previous interest in the fandom would go to the largest furry con in the world. But I assume there was enough furry putt players at the con that it drew in non-fur putt players. When everyone in the group was ready, we started out the front door and down the street to the restaurant. I turned back to see Purple still wearing his pup mask. Most of us were wearing tails and badges, but to me, the pup mask wasn't like any of that. It was like if I was wearing my ropes or if I had a ball gag on. I was mortified. Purple wore it all the way to the restaurant, only to take it off to eat. Maybe I'm the problem, but I did see it as bondage gear. Bondage gear is great, and I don't have an issue with bondage gear being incorporated into people's outfits and con spaces, mostly after dark when all the children should be gone, but I wouldn't dream of wearing my bondage gear out on a public street. In retrospective, Purple probably saw our tails and badges and didn't think the issue and didn't see the issue with wearing his stuff. Purple was new, Orange didn't have an issue with him wearing the pup mask in public, and Purple was probably taking cues from a bunch of nerds that were too cowardly to let him know that we weren't cool with that. I later found out that there were others in the group that were uncomfortable but didn't say anything. Guess next time I should speak up, huh? Thanks for your time, Patches the Cat. P.S. I did run into Tug's at MFF. He's taller than I expected. Thank you for standing still long enough for me to find you. At MF MFF 18 was the busiest con I've ever been to, and I wouldn't have blamed you if you kept moving along instead of waiting for a stray listener. I enjoyed our conversation. Hope you enjoyed MFF. You get right a first reply. Okay, so um, I'll start with the first question that was in there that was, is it just for sex, playtime, or does it work itself into relationships? Um, I've kind of touched on it. It's not only a sexual or playtime thing. Um, a lot of people actually have their relationships based around um, their pups and their pup play. Um, it kind of varies from person to person. You've got, um, especially with handlers or people who may consider themselves more of a an alpha pup or, or a dog, um, they would be, you know, kind of the top or in charge of the relationship. Um, but... Pup play can um, work itself into a relationship, depending on the people. Um, as for the um, as for purple wearing his mask out, he may have seen it as to him it may not be a, a full on sexual thing. Uh, it may not be a kink thing. It may be to him as uh, wearing it as a fursuit would be. I mean, typically people don't wear fursuits out to a restaurant, but it has been known to happen at a convention. So it is possible that for him, it was just the same as, as wearing a suit or anything else like that out and about. Um, and maybe it helped him actually be able to go out and have that interaction with everybody else. Um, you know, he could be have some anxiety or things like that, and the pup mask um, helps him get through that. So there's a lot of things that could be behind that. I'm going to play devil's advocate like I do because I'm Lucifer. So... Uh, my personal opinion is is that there people need to also remember yes we want to be open and welcoming to all different forms of different communities and, and you know but at the same exact time i feel like that there is a time and a place i i agree with you on that one um personally i would never wear my hood or anything like that to a restaurant um if i happen to have it on me I tie it to my pants. 
But it does specify in the email that they were going to a restaurant as a group. So. Okay. So so at that point, yeah, yeah, you are right. Sorry, I have another email up because I'm ready for the next one. But um, if if they go most of the way to the restaurant, but then they get to, like, say, a parking lot or something where there's going to be a more general type audience, maybe at that point it's time to slip out of the hood. But enjoying it up until the last moment, I understand that. We've all had moments where we're like, okay, I'm going to be a furry up until the last minute. <laughs> oh, I'm going to still so, wear my tail on my drive home from Reno. So, so all I, I guess all I'm saying is, is take a look at the whole scenario. Like if you're, if you're on the street between the hotels where it's just mostly Ubers and whatever, whatever, right. As long as you're not like grinding on people, once you get to the restaurant <laughs> parking lot of stuff, maybe it's time to dial it back, but we're depending on good sense and not everyone has good sense. So I just feel like you should always have the information. Are we ready for the next email? We are ready for the next email. And I, I can actually read that unless you have it up. I do. Okay, go ahead. This is from Pup Rush. Hi there, I'm Pup Rush. I was the LA Puppy title holder for 2018. Being a part of the pup community has taken me to lots of amazing places, from Folsom and Dory in San Francisco, Camp Canine in Seattle, to Claw in Ohio, and most furry cons across the country. I think the best story I have was when I went to a furry convention for the first time as a title holder. I was sitting in my title vest, show tail, puppy play kilt, and a furry came up to me and asked if I was into that puppy stuff. I told him I was, and that... I, and he started asking why puppies thought that they could be in a furry space, thought it was okay to wear fetish gear out in the con space. I was ready. This was going to be my first time getting to teach about the community that I represent. So I explained that what a fursuit is for furries, a puppyhood is for us, just a hell of a lot cheaper. And that puppy play is just like being furry and not in, in, is not inherently sexual. It means different things to different people. As for fetish gear, while I understand walking around in a gimp suit in a public space is frowned upon, wearing a harness is something totally different we see with fursuiters and furries. Sorry, we see fursuiters and furries wearing regular clothing with them and no one bats an eye. At the end of the day, puppies are people trying to be more animal-like and furries are also people trying to be more animal-like. He sat there for a while, thanked me for answering his questions, asked where he could learn more, and so I invited him to the panel. I was very happy to see him at the panel and mosh after. He had such a good time, he went straight to Mr. S. Leather, and I saw him in his hood, show tail, and harness walking around the con space having the time of his life. Of all the stories I have, this one has to be my favorite because I got to teach and saw that taking a little time with someone to explain things can do a lot. Signed, Pup Rush, LA Pup 2018, giver of treats and breaker of leashes. Okay. I like this story, and that is my thought. That is your thought? Okay. Yes. So, at BLFC, we got to meet Pup. He's so amazing. He is the most amazing guy ever. His energy level is, like, through through the roof. Now, I've met Pup Rush a couple times, um, mainly at at, uh, BLFC, and he is the most amazing person, like... I don't know who at the that I know would be a, is a better advocate for puppies and especially in the furry scene. Um, he's he's definitely one of a kind and he's just amazing. Every time I see him, I'm like, yay, there he is. So if you're listening to this episode, pup, oh my gosh, we love you. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the next email. I'm going to go ahead and read that. This is from Kit. And this is what Kit had to say. Hello to the cast of For What It's Worth and its guest. That would be you, Sammy. Um, It's Kit. I thought I would chime in on the topic of pet play. My question for the guest, 
What is a brief history of pup play? What are its origins? Where did it start? How did it evolve um, to where it is today? Thank you for your time. Thank you for reading this email. And I hope that you all are well. With love and a dog bone shaped cookies kit. So I'm going to disappoint a little bit. I'm not um, very well versed in the history of pup play. Um, as far as my knowledge goes, is it did start in the leather, um, in the leather scene years ago. I couldn't say when, uh, probably back in the early nineties, something like that. Um, and it did pertain to the gay leather scene. Um, and it did start out as a very much, um, master, um submissive thing so the pup was the submissive they were the one that was you know they were the bottom and then the handler was the top um and that's kind of where it started uh, as far as my knowledge goes and then from there it's just evolved into what it is uh today which is more of a fluid dynamic um because you can have in some groups you know you've got a pup that's in charge over other pups you know you're not required to have that um, handler dominant in, in your relationship. Um, but that's kind of where it started was in that, in that gay leather, um, kink scene. And then it's just evolved into what it is today. They're gay people. I know. (laughs) Hey, Tug. So, um, the baby, baby fur community, they have a headspace. Isn't that correct? Oh yeah. Well, I, and you know, it's, we talk about headspace a lot, um, and I've been having conversations with people like Kip where we talk about stuff like subdrop, right? Which are things I hadn't considered. I think headspace is not it is much more universal a concept than people give it credit for. There's a headspace when you're first suiting, right? Yeah. There's headspace when you're first suiting. I think that there's a headspace when you're RP. I think it's. Are you. What? I, I actually just had a moment where I'm like, you still have time to RP more, <laughs> more not the heads. No, I don't. I don't RP. <laughs> Let me tell you when. Holy shit, When, when man. somebody messages me I, in brackets, oh, woo, I hug you or something like that. Or, oh, woo, what is this? I'm like, um, hi. <laughs> well, and headspace, I feel kind of helps you in a way um, compartmentalize your life. I mean, you're in a different headspace being in work yes you are then when you're at home you have to act professionally yeah you can't, you can't be you know swearing a storm yeah. storm or like sometimes some aspects of yourself it can't be accepted you know you you just have to change your headspace depending on where you're at yeah like i couldn't i couldn't act the way i do around my friends as i do in work where i i, I work in a very public very um people see me out and about and if i acted the way i do at a con or with my friends and work it would be it would be trouble so i have to be able to say okay i'm in this space i've got to i've got to put my head in this and be this certain way it's actually it's a very normal i think day-to-day thing that you do that people just don't realize they're doing it so it's time it's true we will be doing our next episode of Just a Mailbag and Rue and I shooting the shit because it's been a while. So what that means is we're going to go to final thoughts 
on pup play. So here are my final thoughts. Pups are good. The end. I'm gonna. St- <laughs> I, I'm gonna. St- Rue's like that's it. <laughs> I no, like just- that. No, no, no. Can- okay. <laughs> no, it, 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 in reality, pups. I I'm not a pup. Uh, but I don't. I have zero problem with them. I think they're great. Go have fun. Do your thing. Um, and if you need someone to go bark for bark for you because you're in headspace, meaning go kick someone's ass and use English, I'm there. So, for me, my final thoughts are: this episode has been very, very helpful for me to be able to dive more into this this particular community. There, um, I actually went to, you, you guys know who Michael is. Michael um, came onto the show um, t- during our kink episode. But um, I went to one of his panels and he's like, well, um, you know, pups are basically like furries. Or no, no, no. Furries are like pups. That's what he said. Because specifically people were asking about the furry community because there were furries there and they wanted to know more. And I, I said to everybody, no, they are separate. They are completely, completely different from each other. And pups are over here and furries are over here. And let me tell you, through this episode, I have learned that that's not 100% the truth. And that... Um, there's a lot more common similarities. I didn't even know that there was a Masha at BLFC. I had no clue what? that there, <laughs> this is how innocent Rue really is. I had no idea. It's, it's not your scene. That's all. No, no, but, um, but now I understand this particular side a little bit more. And so I hope that everybody else has gained a little bit more knowledge so that they have a little bit more understanding of their fellow furries. All right, Sammy, give us your final thoughts. So, and then and then plug yourself, okay. but also tell us what you're up to. Okay. So, kind of going off of Rue here is there is separation between per- furry and pup, but it's like those um, circle diagrams where you have the overlap. There is always going to be that overlap. Where it sits depends on it depends on the person. Um, but you can never it's. I, I liken it to, honestly, to the anime fans and furries. There is always going to be an overlap. People will deny it, but um, there is always an overlap. In, in, in the geek, nerd, in the outcast culture, there's always an overlap somewhere for somebody. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, at the end of the day, we just, you know... Make sure everybody's doing good things, being good people. But, you know, what someone wants to do that makes them happy, I say, if it's if it's not illegal or hurting anybody, you're okay. Hey, audio guy, final thoughts. No, you go on. You get. Uh, get out of here. Uh, all right. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us here today, Sammy. It was a pleasure having you as a guest happy to help out hopefully i helped somebody learn a little more um and understand the pups a little bit better all right tugs is it that time for house peepee have you commented on the site yet 
It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for housekeeping. So, this is where we tell you all the stuff we tell you every episode, but try to make it interesting somehow. Therefore, we kick off with the thank yous to our support cast of Firebreath and Voss. They do all the shit that we don't want to do, including editing. Which, by the way, I just gotta say while we're recording, he's he's definitely got his editing game together. If you guys like it, tell him. If you want him to change something, tell him. He's doing great. Um, also, if you want to stay in touch with us, Rue, how do they do that? They can message us on Telegram. Or... They can email us at for what it's worth at cast at for what it's worth dot com. They can also. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, I know. I just messed up completely. But anyways, um, also, if you want to join our Telegram group, please message me at WineRedFox on Telegram or you can shoot what? us an email. You just want people to send you nudes. That's why you give out your username totally every episode, tugs. right? I want to see. <laughs> Those great, big, huge um, things. Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, Cookies. please, please tell a friend. Tell a friend. And then also write in and tell us. We actually got, we had to do a lot of work, but we got a fair amount of email on Pup Play. I'm surprised we didn't get more, honestly. I thought we were going to get people going, yeah, Pup representation. We got a lot, and though. I, I wanted more. <laughs> Uh, so either way, I'm happy with what we got, but in the meantime, remember, it doesn't matter if you're listening to this in 2025 or 2050, we still probably have our website up at this point in the future. Email us and let us know what you thought. Someone will read that email. Definitely. We, and, and we'll read it on the next episode because the next episode, once again, is the mailbag. So because yep. it's that next episode, um, really you can email us about this particular episode, how you enjoyed it. Or, you know, any other episode that you've enjoyed recently, please feel free to send us something. I mean, anything, please. I'm begging you. Um, <laughs> it could just be just basic stuff that you would like to send us Send us something. Maybe a particular topic you want us to, to brush on. Um, feel free to send us whatever you want in our lovely bullship uh, ship. Yes. Um, mailbag episode bullshit mailbag ship i want I you to know ship. he meant we will bullshit and read the mailbag not that what's in the mailbag is bullshit no. <laughs> we need to be very clear here <coughs> um hmm yes that's what i meant <laughs> oh rude oh tugs you're you such a card we haven't recorded together forever and now i remember how much i miss it so i know well no seriously anyways this has been the howard stern show and we will see you next time what <laughs> shut the front door no this has been rue <laughs> this is howard stern this is voss and sammy and you've been listening to for a one that is the Howard Stern show. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth. <laughs>